you will always have people who see million dollar listing and want to take the exam and and live that type of, mm -hmm. of dream as a real estate agent. As you know, very few do. Um, the majority is working really hard all year to try to have four transactions. I mean, that's, that's the, the reality that's of the it. Yeah, yeah, that's the reality of it. So same way with loan originators, okay? Um, imagine that you started as a loan originator in the third quarter of 2020 when everybody and their brother and mother wanted to buy a house and rates, you know, went sub three. Come on, I can be a loan officer. Yeah. You know, this is easy. Right. Um, but, you know, there's always ebb and flow in life. So yeah. um, here we are. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Hustle on Purpose podcast. Today, we've got a very special guest, Robbie Cole. Robbie, how are you doing today? I'm awesome. Humbled and happy to be here. Man, so excited to have you yeah. get to learn more about you and what you do. Uh, if you would, just give us an introduction, who you are, um, just any background you're willing to share about yourself. Sure. Uh, like you said, Robbie Cole, I am a uh, loan officer with Benchmark Home Loans, and I think I'm coming up on my... This is my 17th year, so almost 18 years in the business. So I got in back in the subprime days when things were a little kooky and survived the, you know, 08 bubble. And, um, you know, uh, here I am. I help people finance the American dream. Um, work with a really good company, a really good culture, and I've got a really good team that makes, makes, makes us look really good. Uh, and they do all the heavy lifting. So um, I've got a degree in economics from uh, the University of Georgia. Um, I have been a Razorback season ticket holder. I was about before. to say, are, yeah. you, are you a Bulldog or <laughs> yeah, am, a yeah, Razorback? Yeah, it's been easy to be the past two years, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty good. Yeah. So um, I uh, got a degree in economics. Uh, I was a financial planner. I was in the financial services okay. uh, industry for a few years in Atlanta. And uh, my father moved out here to Arkansas in the 90s and uh, married the number one real estate agent in the, uh, in the state. And, uh, and then a few more years later, my brother also moved from Georgia, moved to Arkansas, and then uh, moved the millennium, or well, the week before 2000, so 1999, met my wife on Greer's Ferry Lake and chased her for about two years before uh, she she caved and, and yeah. settled on me and you know uh, twenty what over twenty one years and four kids later here we are so wow yeah there's so much there so um, a Grooseberry Lake beautiful yeah. place y'all still go there frequently or we, we have friends that that uh, allow us to come up once or twice a year so that's yeah, the we're, we're best very, way yeah, yeah we're very happy yeah the yeah. the best boat is your buddy's boat and this is you true yes, <laughs> yeah that's it for sure yeah. Um, and talking about work, like, so when I hear 18 years in the, uh, lending business, mm -hmm. um, props to you, it's really impressive. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I know, especially in recent years, I think anything in this real estate ecosystem has just mm -hmm. been people trying to flood into it mm -hmm. and see it as like just an easy way to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people have found out through that, that it's not, and are really finding out now that it's mm -hmm. really not. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I hear getting in pre 07, 08, making it through that and finding a way to continue to stay in it, mm -hmm. 
nobody, I mean, I think it's easy to just kind of let that go by as like somebody says, 18 years in the business. Mm -hmm. Um, but as I've been on my own journey, I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm immediately flooded with, I can't imagine the, the sacrifice, the attention to that, that it's taken. Um, it's just the older I get and the more experience I have, Mm -hmm. the more I'm just like, man, that is, that's really impressive. So Mm -hmm. just want to make sure I don't gloss over that. And I give you, give you props for that. I appreciate that. I think it says a lot about, even though I just, I literally just met you. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I just, once again, the older I get, I don't think anybody makes it that long in a business like that without doing it the right way, Mm -hmm. without taking care of people Mm -hmm. and without, um, doing a really good job. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think growing up, it's easy to fall under that assumption of mm-hmm. like things are easy or you can get through doing something halfway. Right. And it's like, man, elder, I guess just like, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. So props to you for that. Well, well thank you. I, I've had uh, good leaders and good mentors and good coaches and um, obviously great parents. And, you know, um, I, I'm a product of my upbringing and my experiences. So, yeah. um, and then I've got a, great team now that again makes me look a lot better than i probably really <laughs> am and uh, not probably but definitely am. They, they make me look look a lot better than i am and, and yeah you know so it's you know I, I give credit to those around me that 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 provide really good service to clients we'll make sure they watch this too so what's that we'll make sure your back office team watches oh, yeah, yeah, this yeah, too yeah, so yeah, they know yeah, you yeah, gave them their, yeah, their yeah. credit yeah good. Uh, <laughs> um what's what's been how have the last handful of years been? Obviously, real estate's been crazy. It's been a hot topic. Mm-hmm. People want to talk to me about it all the time. It's mm-hmm. part of the reason we started this podcast is like mm-hmm. I get to have really cool conversations with people like yourself mm-hmm. that know way more about loan origination than I ever will. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it helps me give answers to the questions people have, right? right. And it helps me get better. Right. So what... <laughs> From your perspective, what have the last, let's say, three years kind of been like? You mean since COVID? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah COVID. Yeah. <laughs> as, basically. A, as a benchmark for the next hundred years. Um, obviously, you were drinking from a fire hose uh, if you're in real estate at any mm-hmm. level, um, really. Um, and uh, it was fun, it was exciting, um, it was overwhelming. Um, and I also had the, I guess you knew that wouldn't last. Okay. Oh, you couldn't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where, you know, where I, I literally ha- had this conversation numerous times that, you know, if I offered somebody a, a 2.625 interest rate on a 30 year mortgage, they may go, well, this bank over here has it at 2.5. I'm like, okay, you know, it's an $18 a month difference on your payment, but if you got to go for two and a half and go to a two and a half, <laughs> yeah. so that, that was right. a real conversation. That's why. Um, yeah. Interesting. I, I, I don't talk about rates a lot, but I do remember saying years ago, you know, there, uh, in the, in the Asian markets, you heard like this, um, uh, negative, um, inflation and also, you know, right. negative in, in interest, you they'll know, going below to, zero. They'll yeah. pay you to borrow yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. So, and then <coughs> people would ask me that question, you know, if that's, you get being a mortgage originator, mm-hmm. people are like, 
how do you feel rates are going, you know, where are rates going to be in six months, 12 months, 24 months? So everybody always wants to know who's going to win the next Super Bowl, right? We don't have that answer. We don't have a crystal ball. But I do remember people, I, I remember telling people, rates will never go before, below three. You know, I, I remember saying that, you know, oh, they'll never go below three. Never go below three. Well, guess what? They went, they went, they went below three. Yeah. Yeah. So when everybody's trying to find the bottom, everybody's trying to find yeah. the top. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. been a it's been so a carousel. Um, so it it was interesting. It was great. The whole time, your volume has gone to a level, you know that that's more than it's ever been in your career. Um, there's a there's a realist in you that goes, it's it's not going to last that mm -hmm. way. And so obviously, you know, with the government doing what they were doing, and you know. Uh, the Fed doing what they were doing, and you know they've they've pumped the brakes a good bit. But the the word I use everybody's brakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I've been using the word not to have a negative connotation because that's this way I'm wired. Is you know we've kind of normalized, and and it's hard for people to figure that out because mm. we were not normal for 36 months, better part of two plus years. Um, An argument so, could be made that we hadn't been normal for. A decade plus. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so people have to be cognitive of the fact that, you know, yes, here's where rates are now. Uh, you, you know, they're they're under seven. Prime is at eight and a quarter right now. You know, we're July 2023. But what people did forget just in a generation ago and less than a generation ago, you know, the average 30-year uh, fixed rate mortgage for 40 years was under 8% or between 8 and 9%. Mm -hmm. People forgot that. Right. And then when they, you know, just continued to come down fives, fours, threes, twos, I even did a VA loan under two. Wow. That was, you know, and I told him, I said, hey, you may be the one, and he was the one. Um, but people f forgot or kind of lost reality of where right. interest rates had been, should have been, could have been. And, and here we are. So this episode of hustle on purpose is brought to you by Arkansas real estate buyers. If you have a problematic piece of real estate, we would love to help you go to the description, click on the link, schedule a free consultation with me personally, and we'll get you set up. Now let's get back to the show. You, you started that off with saying it was like drinking from a fire hose and absolutely. And it was almost, it was almost worse than that. It's like when COVID happened, it was almost like trying to drink from a water hose that someone was spontaneously turning on and off at like full blast with nothing in between. It was either all the way on yeah. and then it, it would be yeah. off and like yeah. there would be some fear and then it would be back on. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just kind of crazy. Um, and I think that that drinking from the water hose, right, is like even if you're, you're a business and all of a sudden business is going bananas mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're writing more loans than than you've ever mm -hmm. done mm -hmm. and you have to build the infrastructure to support that you've got mm -hmm. to hire more people mm -hmm. there's more paperwork there's more clients mm -hmm. all of this stuff all these touch points have to be covered right mm -hmm. and i think a really sad part about it now is so many people had to be hired to support all of this business mm -hmm. And I've seen it firsthand just even here locally. Now so many people don't have those jobs because mm -hmm. business has slowed down. And it's yeah. uh, it's so many of those employees are last man on the boat, first man back off the boat, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and we were, we were talking a little bit earlier about 
these decreasing numbers in mm-hmm. these mortgage originators. And you made that great point of like so many of those people, it's because they got hired because the U S banks of the world had to hire so many employees mm-hmm. to keep up with the demand. Right. And then the d- demand almost mm-hmm. overnight just disappears. Yep. Yep. Um, and it's, it's just kind of a, a tough place and I don't know what to do about it or what my point even necessarily was. It's just, yeah. I just feel bad for those people that, you get in into a career, mm-hmm. you start learning about, I mean, mortgage origination is just one of the many af- careers that have been affected mm-hmm. this way. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden the, the rugs just kind of yanked out from under you. Mm-hmm. The tech sector has been hit kind of mm-hmm. the same way. Yeah. Um, and now where, where do the jobs, where do those people go for jobs? I don't, I don't know. Right. Right. Um, it's, uh, it, it, that's another point to, you know, me always trying to, to be humble, to know that I'm still in the game, so to speak. Mm. Um, luckily, you know, uh, thank you, Jesus. Um, but, um, the, the, uh, every economy, um, has, has had highs and lows, peaks and valleys. Um, and there've always been winners and there've always been losers and, you know, it will always be that way. Um, and, one thing that I think permeates both the winning and the losing is knowledge and education, meaning whether you win or lose, you're going to learn something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's, that's the takeaway when things like that happen. Mm-hmm. We would like to not feel like if, you know, if, if I had a family member that, you know, went on with a big box retailer and, you know, started doing, you know, lots of loans through refi boom. Well, they may be expendable at the end of that refi boom, you know, but, yeah. uh, so you've got to learn to obviously plan for the rainy days. And, uh, that's, you know, Alex Hermosi, I've, I've said this quote before, but I just love it. And it's pertinent to what you're saying. He, he said this and it, it resonated with me. It's like, the goal isn't to get into business. It's to stay in business. Just yes. like the goal isn't to yeah. get married. It's right. to stay married. The goal right. isn't to get in shape. It's to yeah. stay in shape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but obviously that, that can't happen all the time, but you can, it's better to have been in the game than mm-hmm. to have never like gotten True. into yeah. it. Right. Yeah. And you can take those lessons away and there's yeah. a lot of value in that. One of, uh, one of my friends and, and, um, uh, top producers with our company is in the Kentucky market. And uh, I heard this from him first that kind of made me sit straight up a little bit. Um, and, and if it wasn't his quote, it was obviously one of his coaches, Todd Duncan or somebody. Um, but, you know, we're, we're in a room, you know, as a company, and he goes, okay, you know, who, who's the best loan originator you know how do you quantify the best loan officer and of course you know somebody raise their hands the guy who does the most or the lady who has the most volume is nope he said it's a loan originator and loan out officer that has the most revenue left over after all the bills are paid Mm. you could be making billions but if you're spending trillions (laughs) like somebody we know you're upside down so the best loan officer, best loan originator, best real estate agent, best, you know, banker, best, you know, mm-hmm. whatever auto yeah. detailer, you know, right. Uh, you know, it's, it's the one who still has something left over at the it's end so of the day, true. end of the week, end of the month. Yeah. 
That's so true. I, I, this is, it just made me think of it and people will hate this, but it's, it's just funny. There's a, there's like a meme and it was like, uh, you know, women are responsible for making X amount of number of like millionaire men. And it was like, and then it was like, the key is they all started as billionaires. <laughs> yeah. well, well do you do you uh you're probably not old enough to remember this but um uh, saturday night live uh-huh. steve martin he used to yeah. he's the comedian uh, yeah i know steve so martin. he used to have steve martin's foolproof way to become a millionaire have okay. you heard that before no, I first get a million dollars <laughs> second yeah. second never pay taxes and number three, learn the two simple words. I forgot. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Martin, were you um, aware that it was illegal not to pay taxes on a million dollars? Forgot. I forgot. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can't that is, Yeah. Foolproof way. Yeah. yeah. yeah foolproof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Um, so what, when somebody comes to you now, mm-hmm. uh, cause I've been talking to a lot of people and they're, I, I, I call it the golden handcuff situation. That's not my term. Mm -hmm. Like people get golden handcuffed into like Mm -hmm. a job or whatever, but it's like now it just seems like so many people out there, it's not a bad place to be, but they're just kind of golden handcuffed to their house. Right. Mm -hmm. They, uh, they may want to move, Mm -hmm. but nobody wants to give up their 3% mortgage to go get a new eight and a half, 9% mortgage. I've bumped into that a little bit. Not as much as you would think, mm-hmm. um, because you've got to also into that, uh, I like numbers, into that, you know, the majority of America moved or bought a house last year, or right. two years or the year before that. Yeah. So they're not in a bad situation. Right. Okay. Um, obviously, yes, uh, all things being equal, ceteris paribus, if they're going to house up, they're financing less based on where rates are today versus where they were, you know. Right. 24 and 36 months ago. Um, so I've run into that a little bit, but not quite as much as you think. Um, one of the things that I've said in my business for years, even though I've got a degree in economics and I was a you know, financial planner for years, I'm not a big interest rate guy. And people sometimes go, well, you're a loan originator. That makes me you know, tilt my head and scratch a little bit. Hmm. Um, even when interest rates were 19 and 21%, when my stepmom was selling, you know, high-end homes here in, in Little Rock, people still financing million-dollar homes. People still wanted to buy a new house. People still getting married and wanted to give their wife the best. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so even when interest rates have been 18, 19, 20, 21%, people still bought houses. When they were 10, 15, 16, 17, like our parents and grandparents' generation, people are still buying houses. You finance and afford the payment. You don't afford the rate obviously it's a variable but people are still buying houses people are still selling houses um and that will not go away yeah i I remain positively optimistic um yeah and and, and, yeah the the numbers have changed a little bit but people are still going to want to want to buy a house well life is short right like you only get one go at it you know it it is an interest interest rate going to keep you from raising your kids in the house you want no. to like, hopefully not. You know what I, what I tell people, cause I get asked about it all the time as well, even though I'm not a loan originator is it's, it's just another variable in the equation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, 
any more or less important than mm-hmm. the purchase price mm-hmm. or your renovation costs mm-hmm. or uh, whatever. Right. Um, it's, it's just another variable. Right. Should it be taken into account? Like, sure. Yeah. Um, but there are still a ton of time. Like another thing that goes along with this that I always tell people is part of it's always hard when it comes to buying or selling a home. Mm-hmm. Uh, when financing's easy, finding the deal's really tough because mm-hmm. everybody's got that easy mm-hmm. financing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and vice versa. Like yeah. when when one of its when one part of it's easy, other parts get hard. Right. Um, financing was easy, made the market crazy hot, really hard to find a house. Yeah. Well, now people are sitting there and they're like, well, I've been sitting on the sidelines, putting in offers, unable mm-hmm. to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Now rates are high and now I don't, now I'm scared to. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, yeah, but now you can get the house you want. There you go. And you Accurate. can, you know, your realtor can write up that offer yeah. in a way where like, yeah. maybe you get closing costs paid yeah. for by the seller. Yeah. Maybe you, maybe you get that house for yeah. $50,000 less than you would have 12 months ago. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's yeah. like, yeah. you can, you, I think people just lack some of that knowledge mm-hmm. on how, offers can be structured, how that interest rate is just another variable and how deals can be worked in a way where it still makes sense at 9%. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I totally agree. And I even, I think I re-explained that to somebody this week was during COVID and, you know, historically low interest rates, you had first time home buyers, like you'd indicated that are eager, want to buy, but just couldn't go 30% above list right they just didn't have the capacity to do that they don't have the bandwidth to do that and they're matriculating back into the market on the appraisal issues i mean there were so many yeah. issues with trying to get those people yeah i mean <laughs> i'm preaching the choir obviously yeah. but like yeah. yeah i had uh i had one this is the one that i'll always remember uh, my wife and i happened to be at a and a, a, we were at the pool and i get a uh, a call or a text uh from my team and um, they're going, the appraiser's thinking this might be a little short, you know. Um, I'm like, how much? They said 140000 And I said, wait a minute. I said, isn't this price only like 500000 something? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, eh. So. Uh, <laughs> a little short. <laughs> yeah. So be, being, you know, fortunate enough to be in the business a, a while, I knew both the listing agent and the buyer's agent in this market. So I happened to pick up the phone and go, hey, I'm just giving you information. I'm just the messenger that there, there might be an issue made him mad. I mean, he was livid. I'm like, that's, I was not calling to try to make you mad. I was trying to let you know, we may need to massage things a little bit. So to make a long story longer, appraisal comes in, guess what? It wasn't $140,000 short. It was only 90,000. You know what happened? They met in the middle. Seller came off 90, buyer brought in another 45 grand. Okay. So it all worked out. So I use that as a real world example of how crazy things were. Yeah. But I also tell my clients a lot, you know, most of the things in the process of buying a home that we bump into, uh, you know, whether it be appraisal, inspections, easements, neighbors, I mean, everything, you know, everything. Yeah. Um, they're most of the time hurdles. They're not roadblocks. Right. Meaning almost always there's a solution to that, you know, getting around that hurdle, get over that hurdle. And if you're an agent or a loan officer, that's not preparing people for that mm-hmm. ahead of time, I think you're dropping the ball. Cause I've, 
I mean, I've been a part of um, not nearly as many as transactions as you, but buying and selling hundreds of houses mm-hmm. and the, the amount of ones that go off without any kind of a hitch are limited. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's yeah, just, there's, important. there's always something. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. uh, title work always needs yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like th- there's, you listed a bunch of them and it's mm-hmm. just always something. And I think people need their handheld quite a bit through that mm-hmm. and preparing people for the fact that I don't, I, you may have a good way of explaining it. I haven't found a great way to concisely prepare people for that mm-hmm. other than, Hey, there's likely going to be something mm-hmm. that's going to seem mm-hmm. like it's a deal ending yeah. something. It, you know, it's usually it's, not. It, it's real estate agent slash psychologist hat. And, and, yeah. and for, whether it's your first or your 101st, buying a home most of the time is still, there's emotions involved. Yeah. And so as a real estate agent, I've always indicated, even though I did go to school and get a license for education and knowledge, um, I could never be a real estate agent because, uh, number one, your clients make your schedule. Okay. Period. Yeah. Anytime, weekends, holidays, whatever. Um, uh, and the, um, the idea is, it, it's emotional. They're intangibles, and you—they're already they have you know reservations. Their emotions. Uh, do we have cold feet because we've never done this before? So mm-hmm. all the myriad of things that a real estate agent has to go for. That's why I always tell all, all real estate agents, thank you, thank you for what you do. Um, yes, for real. Thank you, thank you. Uh, but you know, you also you don't want to go. Hey, you know, you could have you know the subject property has an enclosed garage and it happens to be over utility easement, and the appraiser happened to catch that, and he's going, "Hey, the utility company's not, you know, the title company's not going to cover that, and you can't buy it." Okay, I just had yeah. that recently happened with a first time home buyer. First time home buyer, they learned a lot more on that transaction than they'd anticipated. But I don't know that a real estate agent in establishing a rapport guiding to the right property, you know, getting them under contract can cover all of those, you know, the what ifs Yeah, it's, you know, and, and, you know, why would you want to? So you're exactly right. I'm sure somebody out there has got a really good script about, Hey, you know, it can be inspection. It can be appraisal. It can be underwriting, you know, I've been in the business long enough to know I've had people under contract when underwriting changes midstream. Yeah. And you have to go, "Hmm." the rules have changed. The only way I've found, and it it's not a great way, uh, because I used to play a lot of poker, um, specifically Texas Hold'em. Were you really good at it? No. <laughs> Same here. No. Dead money. That's what they call me. Yeah. Right. No. Not good at all. Yeah. Yeah. But um, if you happen to have a client that's played before, mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's just it's one way that's always made sense to me, where it's like you have, you know, a flop, a turn and a river. Right. And it's like information and Mm -hmm. things change and Mm -hmm. like, uh, who is waiting on who and who has, um, let's say leverage in different parts of the transaction can ebb and flow. And it's kind of like, you know, we're writing an offer. Mm -hmm. This is all pre-flop, you know, like you get something under contract. All right. Now we've seen the flop. Mm -hmm. We're in the hand Mm -hmm. with heads up against one other person. Yeah the seller or the buyer or whatever. Yeah. And now there's a new level of negotiation, yeah. betting and yeah. calling, checking, Repairs, raising, yeah, whatever. Versa, and then, yeah. yeah. And it's like, it can change at any point. And like, sometimes you in the hand and you're 
you're the winner or like you let's say everyone's a winner you chop it you each get yeah change money whatever yeah, yeah. but that's that's one analogy that is it, it's made sense to me and usually i tell it to people and mm-hmm. they don't they're like i've never played poker in my life and i'm like cool <laughs> i need a different analogy yeah. i guess <laughs> okay <laughs> right cool yeah. i'm glad none of that made yeah, sense to you not yeah. any more prepared than you were two, right, two minutes ago. right yeah uh man i had one uh, I had forgotten about it till you, you mentioned like an easement. I was helping a guy buy a, uh, some property on Greer's Ferry, mm-hmm. 120 acres on, uh, and it's 4,000 square foot house mm-hmm. um, up on top of this like cliff. Mm-hmm. Amazing view, mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. Huge piece of property. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 117 acres, some change, something yeah. like that. And um, we're trying to get this $12,000 survey done. Like it's cause it's on the side of a mountain mm-hmm. and like yeah. there's time constraints cause we're trying to keep this interest rates locked in. Right. You know, it's just this yeah. whole thing. I have my real estate license. I do not market myself as a real estate agent. Yeah. Um, but I was helping this guy yeah. and the guy had built the house and the four car garage, a corner of it's four feet over mm-hmm. on the neighbor's property. And it's mm-hmm. like, dude, you had a, you had 120 acres and you missed it. Like, <laughs> Come on. Yeah. yeah like you, you gotta it. be kidding yeah, me. Yeah. And we ended up having to negotiate with like the neighbor, mm-hmm. buy a tiny sliver of property for mm-hmm. them, get it yeah. research. I yeah. mean, it's just yeah. like this yeah. whole mess. And yeah. um, but the reason, yeah, props to real estate agents because the reason I don't market myself as a real estate agent is since I've been on the investment side for so long, the emotional attachment to a house mm-hmm. I just like I almost just like don't have it mm-hmm. you know it's just like I just walk in and it's like I see the the matrix it's mm-hmm. all yeah. binary like yep there's a slab walls right. roof gutters yeah you're just walking yeah. through yeah. like price four hundred dollar fix yeah. three thousand yeah. dollar fix yeah. and yeah. that's just yeah. it's just nickels and dimes yeah and that's it makes me a terrible agent because you've got a first time home buyer mm-hmm. and it's a sweet couple yeah. and this house is going to the be their home. everything. Memory makers. It's yeah. their forever home. You yeah. know, they're, they're 24 and this yeah. is their forever home. And I'm just sitting there like you're moving in three years. Like <laughs> yeah. in, in seven years yeah. you'll yeah. have a four year old yeah. and you're going to move closer to their school. And like, yeah. you know, yeah. but you, like as a real estate agent, you have to be like, right. Oh yeah. yes. Like, yeah. uh, you know, and, and they're, they get so obsessed about like, mm-hmm. The paint color. Yeah. And, uh, and they'll call it their house even before they're under contract. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm calling, you know, my house, our house, your house. Yeah. You know, the one we looked at, you know, Saturday. The one that the oh, other okay. people own yeah, and live yeah. in. Right. <laughs> that also went under contract Sunday. Oh, what? Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Props to, uh, and I, I've, it's, it's not something I should be excited about, but in, in a little bit of a way, mm-hmm. there's a real estate agent purge happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of a good thing as bad as I want everybody to have jobs mm-hmm. and be happy and provide for their families and whatever. It's like, there's just real estate agents have been one of those things where it's like, you can't throw a rock without like hitting one, mm-hmm. you know, you can't go outside and, well, throw and a rock you know, the early two thousands and you know, late nineties, a lot of people would say the same thing about loan originators. Oh, my brother-in-law used to be a loan originator. Yeah. He's also, you know. Morgan is a plumber too, or, you know, 
attorney, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, it, but there again, you know, back back to the economy piece. You know, you that that's not uncommon for a lot of you. You will always have people who see million dollar listing and want to take the exam and and live that type of mm-hmm. of dream as a real estate agent. As you know, very few do. Um, the majority is working really hard all year to try to have four transactions. I mean, that's, that's the, the reality that's of the it. Yeah, yeah, that's the reality of it. So same way with loan originators, okay? Um, imagine that you started as a loan originator in the third quarter of 2020 when everybody and their brother and mother wanted to buy a house and rates you know, went sub three. Come on, I can be a loan officer. Yeah. You know, this is easy. Right. Um, but, you know, there's always an ebb and flow in life. So yeah. um, here we are. Yeah. It, I mean, I don't think anybody makes it in that business as long as you have without developing that mentality of understanding it comes and it goes mm-hmm. and we've got to be ready for mm-hmm. all situations. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Um, the, the real estate agent thing, it's worth mentioning because I think people just think it's easy. And I think the loan origination part, people just think it's easy. And and maybe at times it is when it's sub threes yeah. and everybody, everybody just needs a loan. Right. They'll just... I was at a place where I was trying to do a portfolio refinance when interest rates were low. Mm-hmm. And like we ended up doing business with the guy that would call me back. Right. Yeah. 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 Like in my mind, and it's a silly in hindsight, but it's mm-hmm. like a multiple million dollar like refinance. Mm-hmm. Somebody should call me back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I don't remember if it was uh, uh, one of uh, the owners of our company uh, who, ironically enough, I used to listen to his uh, you know, podcasts and tapes and oh, yeah. things when I started in the business. Uh, it's interesting how things come full circle, but um, one of the things that he said or Mike White or, um, was like, if you want to be a good loan officer, return your phone calls. I'm like, Hmm, magic. Yeah. There you go. It sounds so simple. Yeah. So, um, and, and it is hard to do, you know, I, I tell people a lot of times my phone only rings when I'm on it and I'm always on it, you know, but I also almost always return to all of my calls, you right. know, text or email the same day, yeah. you know, so um, I think when you value your clients that greatly and every new prospective client, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's that text or email or Facebook or, you know, Google call, um, yeah, you, you, you've, you want to be accessible. Well, and I was talking to, so since you were in financial advising before this in, in your career in loan origination, I was talking to a buddy of mine that's a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. And he was, we somehow got on the topic of it's, you know, it's hard for him to quantify what is the lifetime value of a client? Mm-hmm. You know, like we, in business, you'll typically talk about, and you, you know, you get into marketing in your business and it's like mm-hmm. cost of acquisition for a customer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an important metric to mm-hmm. know. It's a good thing to know, you mm-hmm. know, how much does it cost me to get a new client? Mm-hmm. Um, but some businesses it may be easy to quantify it for that one transaction, right? But in in a a market like Central Arkansas, mm-hmm. uh, and being someone who cares about people and cares about your clients, it's like you can be there for them long term, mm-hmm. lifetime yeah. clients. Yeah. 
And so it's like quantifying that's really difficult Mm -hmm. and quantifying the loss of one of those when you don't answer your phone or Mm -hmm. return a phone call. Yeah. It's it's hard to know what you're losing out on. Either uh, I know NMLS keeps these numbers, the mortgage licensing for loan originators, um, and I know NAR uh, they you know they put out an annual report with a lot of good data on it, um, and obviously you have the census you know every ten years, um, you know the, the 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 numbers have still stayed congruent for the last twenty thirty years, where the average person is going to move seven times, yeah, and the average loan is held less than sixty months. Okay, so um, that means they're going to average at least two mortgages per house, you know, um, and those are, you know, ballpark numbers just based on census data and our data and NMLS data. Right. Um, So um, you bringing up the value or the cost of a client, um, uh, I love, there there are two little stories that I've gained in, in my life. One, I think... Uh, a former mayor had referred this young lady to me, first time home buyer, early in my career. And um, I think she was looking like at a $60,000 house. I don't mind telling you, in the back of my mind, I kind of went, oh, only a $60,000 home. Right. So that's me being real. Yeah. That's me being transparent, going, oh, it's just a $60,000. Because a transaction takes as much of your time for a $60,000 house as a million dollar house. Or, or, Or more in some instances. So... I remember keeping that mirror on me because I knew I'd thought that. Mm. Um, Fortunately, um, she bought that house. She uh, became an investor and she did numerous loans over the past couple of years. And I always remember that, but she started at that, you know, $60,000 loan. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, um, you know, I had a closing in March where... Um, you know, I, I'm a VA mortgage specialist. So we did the first loan that I had done since the 2019 Navy Blue Water Act, where a, a VA, if he has enough, a veteran, if he has, or she has enough uh, entitlement, they don't have to have a down payment. Yeah. Okay. So helped one of my clients finance a $1.4 million home, um, in, uh, I think it was Garland County. And, but he came out of like a three hundred. So that's on 000. like Hamilton, probably. Or? Uh, well, it's not even on the lake. He's got okay. some land out between Washita and Lake Hamilton. Awesome. But you know, his last house we helped him finance was you know mid three or four hundred thousand dollar house. But I remember his very first house, you know, years ago, ten plus a decade or more ago, where it was a one thirty five, and that is about as a success story as you can have in your business, where you help this guy finance. He was a mm-hmm. veteran, help finances first house then he houses up and then he starts his business and he's got multiple successful businesses now and he closed on his dream house for his wife and his yeah. boys and i mean that's that's just as good as it gets yeah know? but you know I, I didn't start by going oh just one hundred thirty-five thousand. you know you know right. you, you can't think that way i did with her but i remembered you, you don't want to do that right. where 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 can we help develop this client's wealth yeah. through real estate yeah I love that because that that relationship can be so good for everyone involved because like my business doesn't run without a good relationship with a lender mm-hmm. um, and his business doesn't run it, yes. without good relationships yes. with They're people mutually like me. symbiotic. Right. Yes. It's yes. like, yeah. and so I, I did, to be honest, I carried a bit of a chip on my shoulder for a while because I was like, man, rates are crazy low. 
this refinance is going to take a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was trying to, I was trying to refinance 60 single family homes in mm-hmm. one go mm-hmm. and to get it done pretty quickly. And mm-hmm. there's just a lot of moving parts in sure. that. Yeah. I just like, it blew my mind that I was just like, I get that to whatever banks, like it's not a lot of money, but like, mm-hmm. I'm also at this point I was, I'm 31. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't plan on stopping. Like yeah. I plan on growing my business and doing yeah. more and more. Like right. is there not anybody out there that wants to like help a guy out yeah. here. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, and, and thankfully somebody did and it's been, it's been great. Yeah. Um, the, I wanted to talk a little bit about families. Well, so you have four kids, only four, only four. Only yeah. four. Yeah. I only have three. Yeah, so my, I have a newborn. Yeah. Um, I don't know if four is in the plans for us be just because God's plan, not yours. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, I will tell you this. So the day we brought our newborn home, mm-hmm. um, we were my four year old daughter, we were putting her to bed and we were, we had the baby in there with us. And, um, she started, she started counting all of us. Um, cause I have a four year old girl, a two year old boy and a newborn girl. Mm-hmm. She was like, Daddy, there's three girls and only two boys. Uh, you, mommy has to have another baby boy mm-hmm. so that there's three and three. Right. And I was like, we just brought <laughs> this baby home. Yeah. Like, let's, yeah. don't be putting, don't like be putting ideas in mommy's yeah. head. Because now yeah. my wife's going to be like, well, you know, like yeah. Emma says we have to have another boy. Yeah. I'm like, A, it's not how any of this works. Right. You don't just right. get to pick. Right. Um, and B, three kids feels like a lot right now. Yeah. They're, and they're good kids, but man, it's just a lot. Yep. You'll handle it. I hope so. You'll survive. I hope so. You'll survive. Yeah. It's all about survival those days. <laughs> That's yeah. what we say. It's like, how'd today go? We survived. Yeah, you know? there you go. There everybody's, you go. everybody's healthy. Little wins, baby. Everybody's little wins. healthy little wins. and they were happy for parts of the day. That's yeah. a pretty good day. Yeah, little yeah. wins. Yeah. So you've got four, mm-hmm. three girls and a boy. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yep. And they're all teenagers? All teenagers. Yep. Can you have them drive? Uh, We have uh, Trey Cole, who just graduated high school, and he's been driving. Okay. And um, uh, Anne-Marie will turn 16 on the 21st of August. So I'll have two teen drivers. And then uh, since God has a sense of humor, we uh, have 13-year-old twin girls. So... Um, you know, I would say that, that they drive, but I don't think that's legal. So, but you know, one of them has a very good aptitude and the other one can, if she needs to. Okay. So. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Whew. They're good. Good. Yeah. Good I'll tell you, tell you a little funny joke since you mentioned the kids. Um, the, uh, when things, when, when the fed started, you know, adjusting the federal funds rate, which is not mortgage backed securities, by the way. Okay. Um, a lot of people have that misnomer. Um, but obviously they were trying to slow the, the spending down, uh, with rates going up. I had confided in all the kids that interest rates were up, app count was down. And so we weren't having Christmas this year. So it was, you know, last quarter of <laughs> last year, they're like, we're not having Christmas this year. <laughs> Christmas is canceled. Yeah. Thank, oh, no. thank you, Fed. Thank you, Fed. Aaron, should I tell my knock-knock joke? A knock-knock joke? I have a knock-knock joke, but you Bring have it. to start it. Okay. Ooh. Knock-knock. Who's there? Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, 
it's just like, it's such a silly joke, but yeah. you get such a wide variety of answers mm -hmm. when you're just like, all right, knock, 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 you have to start yeah. it. And they go, knock, knock, you go, who's there? And they're just like, yeah, it's me. I told it to Aaron. He got mad at me. He was like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> having to go through my fourth grade Rolodex of knock, knock jokes. <laughs> yeah. 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 This is not, I did not, uh, I did not mean, mean to send us down the trail yeah. of knock, knock jokes. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Um, I was going to tell you, I was going to give you a compliment. Is it okay to give you a compliment? Uh, I will try to receive it well. Okay. So, so say the name of your podcast again. Hustle on purpose. Hustle on purpose. Yeah. Okay. So if people told you stories about what that means to them. Oh, I would love for you to share one. Okay. I'll share mine. Yeah. How did you come up with hustle on purpose? Well, um, we had, I can't take the credit for the name that was, um, Aaron and, uh, a guy named Randy. Okay. Um, but we had been talking about creating this YouTube channel okay. and what we wanted to accomplish with it sure. and what kind of encapsulated the goals for me and my business and my life and the podcast and the YouTube okay. and whatever. And it basically all came down to um, anything that I have has really just come through pure effort mm -hmm. and like determination. Sure. Cause I'm, I'm not exceptionally gifted in really much of anything, mm -hmm. but if I, if I am, it's because of my upbringing raised by entrepreneurial parents. I, mm -hmm. I grew up in a business. Mm -hmm. I was either at school or at work with them okay. pretty much every day. Right. And through that has just be, has just come the realization that you can get through a lot through pure effort, through just mm -hmm. like beating your head against the wall to mm -hmm. you, to you, breakthrough right. really. And, um, it, it, so it kind of encapsulated that and like the, in my older age and with, uh, a, a little bit of success that I've had mm -hmm. finding ways to give back. So, um, I'm heavily involved in my church. I'm mm -hmm. heavily involved with make a wish, mm -hmm. um, and just a few other organizations and none of that's to pat myself on the back, but it's for me, when they said it, when they said hustle on purpose, mm -hmm. um, and I, I let it kind of sink in for a little bit is mm -hmm. just, uh, we actually talked about it today, like how much we really like the name because it's, it kind of, it's kind of the dual meeting hustle, like with purpose, hustle on your purpose, mm -hmm. hustle with intention, mm -hmm. like all the, the on purpose just had several different meanings. Yeah. That, that encapsulated what we were trying to do. I, I, I like it. I dig it. I think it's awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I was watching, uh, I think it was episode 16 with Zeke Tanner. Yeah. And so um, I, I started thinking about about your your podcast name, Hustle on Purpose. And uh, since we just came off a joke, um, one of the things I like, and if your kids hopefully, you yeah. know, maybe one day go into athletics, maybe it'll be, you know, we'll see, um, you know, coach I heard. And, um, so I was, uh, coaching little league a couple of years ago and, uh, you know, you always got dads as coaches in the, mm -hmm. and it may have been six, seven or eight, somewhere along in there, little league. Okay. So it's been a few years. So the, uh, shortstop is walking onto the field, you know, in between innings. Right. And his dad, a.k.a. coach, a.k.a. dad, says, Stephen, hustle. Stephen looked back, kept walking. 
<laughs> he's walking out to short. He's playing oh, short. Man. Pretty good. Pretty good player. But again, he's six, seven, or eight. Uh huh. Little defiance. So, so dad's like, Stephen, hustle. Yeah. And so Stephen stopped, turned around. <laughs> he started walking to shortstop. And the third time, dad's like on the fence. Stephen, uh, yeah. when I say hustle, I mean hustle. And he goes, Dad, I don't know what that word means. <laughs> oh, that's so, funny. <laughs> so, so when I saw your name, that that Stephen and his dad coaching in Little League, that that's that's what that's remi- so reminded me of that funny. story. <laughs> that's exactly how I would probably react in that situation. Yeah. Like I don't it, know what that word means. I I tend to, um, for whatever reason. Like not listening is probably like my biggest pet peeve. And some of it is because That's why I don't do the watch thing. Yeah. If I'm telling my children something, it's almost always important mm-hmm. for reasons unbeknownst to them. Yes, there's true. like yes. there's something I'm needing them to do this because I'm busy with this. Yeah. And they're you know, there's there's some reason there that they're just they're young. They mm-hmm. they don't they have other things right. in their head and yeah, whatever. Yeah. And so like I tend to, th- that tends to be the thing that gets me riled up Yeah, uh, is yeah. the not listening. And mm-hmm. it, yeah, about the third time I asked my kid to hustle yeah. and they turn around and start walking again, <laughs> I'm probably climbing the fence and it's like, just make sure going forward, you have a definition for hustle as right. it applies to, right. As it applies to you. I will try to make sure that it's a, I'm yelling at them a word they know. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> oh my goodness. Damn. that's uh that's hilarious the the coaching of the teams i've only ever coached one mm-hmm. team mm-hmm. and i was fresh out of college moved back to little rock mm-hmm. and um you'll get a kick out of this you might think it's funny so in college up at fayetteville i was i was on the lady razorback basketball practice team there you go um it, it, i loved basketball you were so, a whipping post is what you were he, yeah, yeah well yeah <laughs> I won't go into the difference between men and women's athletics, but like first day of practice, there was three of us, three guys uh-huh. on the practice team. First day, like first three minutes of practice, right. coach pulls us all to the side and is like, all right, I need you to go like 40%. Because it was like, I could get every rebound yeah. and like, it's, okay. it's just a very different game. Okay. But anyways, yeah. Um, not to go down that tangent. Uh, but so I moved back to Little Rock mm-hmm. and, um, wanted to be involved in some way of like giving back. And I was like, I'll coach, uh, my churches, you know, I'll sign up to be a coach on the church league basketball yeah. team. Yeah. It'll be great. Um, they call me and they're like, man, so grateful for you signing up. Really excited to have you as a coach this year. Um, first practice will be whatever night, whatever time, mm-hmm. um, you'll be coaching the seniors. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh no. Like I thought I was gonna be teaching like six year olds how to dribble, yeah. you know, yeah. like you're Not gonna give seniors. me you're gonna be eighteen year old dudes. Like I'm yeah. I'm twenty two. <laughs> like Yeah, beware um, of what you ask for, you just might get it, right? Right. So um yeah, it was it was fun, but that was the only year I did it because I was like, I feel like I did these kids a total disservice. Like, yeah. hey, they don't listen to me. Mm-hmm. I'm their age basically. And, uh, it was just kind of a mess, but I do look forward to, uh, coaching my kids teams. If they're on teams, my daughter's in dance, which I can't dance. So, um, luckily she's four. So she doesn't know that I can't dance. She still thinks that I'm cool. 
I, I didn't know anything about, you know, women's gymnastics until I had one that did it for, you know, better part of 13 years. So, and now you're like, yeah, you know, all about I, it. I almost figured it out. And then she retired. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. 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 yeah she's yeah. like, dad's figuring it out. I think yeah. I'm just going to give yeah. it up. Yeah. Could do something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So dad thinks gymnastics is cool now. So I'm over it. Yeah. yeah. Is probably some of it. That's sure. so funny. Yep. Um, what, and I know you get this uh, question all the time. Um, and like you said before, everyone wants to know who's going to be the next Super Bowl winner. Sure. If you had to guess, where would you think, uh, let's just stick to Central Arkansas residential real estate. Where do you think it's headed in the one to two year time horizon? Like I mentioned earlier, I mean, I always remain positively optimistic um while you know certain builders or realtors say hey i'm slow um they're probably still going to be selling houses and probably still be building um mm. the one fact is whether it was a war um or you know 9-11 or all the things that our country has seen over its great history people still wanted to own real estate in America yeah. and people still do yeah. and people even coming into America. Okay. And that's happening. You know, Arkansas is a, you know, small state in the middle of the, the, uh, the United States, but it's not unlike the other States where you have your first time home buyers. You have people, unfortunately that, uh, you know, may have gone through a divorce and now one household needs to become two. Okay. And that creates, you know, two, two new uh, purchases. Um, uh, you know, just in an office where, uh, you know, real estate agent's husband passed away. Well, she may not stay in her 9,000 square foot home cause it's just her. Okay. Um, so life's progression and life's ever changing events will continually have people buying and building homes. Um, will it be the chaos that was 2021, 22 COVID? Probably not. But yeah. you know what? In another hundred years, there may be something similar. We just don't know. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's always opportunity for people to buy real estate. Um, and as long as we have good agents working with clients at, at all levels, you know, from buying one at a time as their first to buying a portfolio of 60 as an investment, um, you know, agents and lenders and title professionals and, and all the key players, appraisers, you know, are all important spokes in that wheel. And that wheel is going to keep turning, um, whether rates are 21 or six yeah. or three. Um, so I, 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 I don't see me doing anything outside of the lending world. I don't see myself doing anything, you know, other than continually, you know, providing a hundred percent accurate information a hundred percent of the time when people call me and go, Hey Robbie, I'm thinking about buying a house. Can we talk numbers? Sure. Let's talk numbers. Yeah. So I love that. As a, I, I find that as a really inspiring speech right there, you know, cause I agree with it wholeheartedly. I'm yeah. in the same boat. Like people ask me and I tell them, something in the form of 
don't judge how I answer this question. Yeah. Judge my actions. Right. All of my eggs are in one basket. Yeah. And it's in central Arkansas real estate. Yeah. Yeah. Have I jumped ship? Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I believe in everything that you said, that the wheel's going to keep turning. It just, will it look different? Sure. Sure. Should it? Probably. Yeah. Like, I mean, stuff was crazy. Yeah. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on. Yeah. Um, some normalization, I think, is the word you used earlier. And it's like, yep. yeah, I mean, we're just, it looks like a stark contrast to where we were, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it's abnormal. Mm-hmm. It means where we were was like really weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really encouraging. Yeah. The, there's, there's two things that I always ask everybody. So, um, crazy story. Okay. Uh, cause I know you have to have some, okay. Can you share at least one crazy story with us? <clears throat> Can I be real and tell you that the first one that came to mind wasn't necessarily a crazy story, but yeah, it, but it, it was, it's it, when you said crazy story. So, um, you know, I, I've been transparent before we, as humans, we, we tend to profile profiling yeah. is not always appropriate. Um, I had a real estate agent from Keller Williams that referred this young family to me and uh, spoke with the wife predominantly, and she was looking at refinancing a modest home, and I don't remember her home being more than $150,000. I don't remember her owing more than seventy or sixty. Mm-hmm. And they had a HVAC issue and they had financed a new HVAC system and a refrigerator or maybe a back door, a back door. Um, and they figured out that financing it with the retailer at that time wasn't the best move. Um, rates had moved a little bit, but it was important to them that they paid off that debt. They wanted to do a, a refinance with the, the house and the mortgage just get to one payment and get that payment as low as they could. So normal process. It's just a re- cash out refinance. We're paying off, you know, retailer for the fridge, the HVAC, HVAC and their new mortgage to one new mortgage with a lower payment. So I show up at earlier in my career, I was able to make it to, you know, closings. Um, and so I happened to show up at um, this particular title company a very modest uh, wife, and then the husband was also there. And um, she just kept going on about how much, or the husband kept going on about how much he appreciated us helping them with their refinance. Okay. And, you know, normal people say thank you. Right. And your team did a great job and, you know, but repeatedly he goes Robbie said I want you to know how important this is to my family and me and um, uh, you may have to edit this but um, he said you don't know do you and I said what do you mean I don't know he goes I have terminal terminal brain cancer and he said the doctors have given me less than six months to live Mm. And he said, you reducing our, we may have reduced their payment 60 or 90 bucks a month. Yeah. So it wasn't. Just by consolidating. It wasn't significant in relative terms, but to this family, it was mission critical. Wow. 
And I said, no, sir. I said, I, I didn't, you know, your real estate agent that referred you to us for a cash out refinance didn't tell me that you had terminal brain cancer. And so I remember that story because I was doing what I normally do as my vocation, as my occupation, but it carried so much more weight mm. to that family. Uh, adjusting their payment, $90 a month. Right. Um, so I don't know if that's a crazy story, but it's a good one. That's a story I remember. Yeah. So. Yeah. No matter what your job is, it's, um, it's hard to remember sometimes the impact that you can have, but the fact that you're able to do something like put people in their first home, mm -hmm. refinance and change their payments. Yeah. Um, you, you know, better than I do. It's like people's largest investment is almost always their home. Mm -hmm. yep. And I think that gets kind of lost in the busyness of it all. Mm -hmm. Real estate agents, crazy busy. Yep. Loan originators, transactional, transactional. crazy busy. Yeah. And it's like they're even, even if you are a person that truly cares about people, it, it is just, it's part of the nature of the transactional business. Like mm -hmm. you said, it's yeah. just like yep. they all, they all have to be taken care of. They all have to get moved through mm -hmm. and so they can go on with your life mm -hmm. and you can go on with you with theirs. So, mm -hmm. It's cool to hear stories like that where it I'm sure it's a it's a bit of a grounding experience and brings you back as like, oh yeah, like these are people, these are really important things in their life. And you're able to be a part of that. It's really right. cool. Right. Yeah. I so in my business, it's like rent houses. It's so easy for it just to especially just the way I'm wired. It's just another house, mm -hmm. just another stack of two rent by roll. fours arranged in a way where somebody can live there and pay me rent every month. Right. Um, there's been some things that help ground me in remembering the fact that like, Oh yeah, when I'm renovating this house, it's likely for a family mm -hmm. to go live there. Yeah. Somebody's raising their kids there. Yep. Somebody's eating, sleeping, breathing Dreaming. in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like every yeah. day. Yeah. Um, so really trying to focus on making sure, uh, those residents are taken care of. Mm -hmm. And like, I spend more on maintenance than I should mm -hmm. because I don't want people living in a place right. where stuff's not fixed. Right. Um, I'm and just fixed right. Right. Like yeah. I, yeah. I want, you can fix it or you can fix it. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but man, yeah. Thank you for sharing. That's a really cool story. Sure. Any, any other ones? What was your other question? Oh, the other one is, yeah. um, so if you could go back, let's say, let's say go back to right before. So 18 years ago, you're about to get into mm -hmm. the loan origination business and mm -hmm. you could give yourself one piece of advice. Mm -hmm. What would it be? Probably early on, it's okay to go home at five o'clock. Mm -hmm. You know, your, your, your sink is not going or your ship is not going to sink if you work that extra six, you know, to seven to, you know, early in my career, my work life balance almost sank me like physically, emotionally, spiritually, mm -hmm. you know, and that, and that my, my wife is, I mean, I call her St. Catherine. She, she can sense when things are bothering me and almost always go, 
you're, you're concerned about this or you're, this is weighing on you. Um, and I, I put, you know, like any young and uh, eager employee, that you want to you want to show your best and you want to, you know, you want to prime and get the pump primed. And, you know, uh, I, I don't know if it's Zig Ziglar talks about when you start a business, you know, getting that boulder moving takes an exorbitant amount of energy to get that thing moving. Mm. And then it gets easier along the way. But early on in my career, I, you know, I didn't carry that work-life balance as good as I should have. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, fortunately, I, I, I had to grow into that. And that's, you know, until you've done that um, and you can see what effects it can have on not only you, but your family as well. Um, you know, there again, knowledge. You know, when things are up or down, you're always learning, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, just to understand that, yes, hard work is going to pay off, but you don't have to work 60 hours a week to do it. Um, and, and God's going to provide what you need uh, to survive. Um, and... And fortunately, I give you kind of a, a tangent off of that, yeah. that answer. Maybe I've gone down a rabbit hole, but um, during COVID, I happened to be neighbors with a couple of loan originators that work at other banks and they've been in business longer than I have. And I happened to stop by one. He's out, out in the yard, you know, it's later in the evening and, you know, he's, Typical scenario, getting out of the truck, got the briefcase slash man bag, whatever you want to call it. And, mm -hmm. and he's just disheveled. And uh, and I'm like, you know, what's up? He goes, man, he said, I, said I'm, I'm not keeping up. I mean, this guy's been in it over 20 years. He goes, man, I'm, I'm in at seven. And I said, you know, I'm not getting home till seven or eight. And uh, I said, you know what? I said, I, I'm not doing that. I said, I, I could probably make more loans, make more money. Um, but that's, that work life balance is critical, not only to you, but those around you. Mm -hmm. And so I told him, I said, man, I said, when it gets five, five 30, I'm done. I got to give and the younger, my kids where I used to call it, giving my kids, my eyes, when I came home, put the phone up or come home, I put the phone up on the China cabinet yep. and dad gives you not now that they're teenagers, they don't want it. You know, they're in a screen, but screen agers, screen agers. Yep. Yep. But, um, you know, that, if I would have looked back to answer your question and told myself something earlier in my career, it would have, yeah. hey, you'll be okay. Uh, you, you, you ain't got to work 60 to 70 hours a week mm. and, and you'll be okay. I think it's such a common thing. Uh, I'm sure it's with young women as well. I just hear it more from men. Um, and I've been through it from the male perspective. But that that younger ambition and trying to trying to balance it all is so hard. It's still hard now, but I think the only thing I, I yeah, I should call my wife St. Anna cause she's, she is more patient with me than I deserve. Yeah, same yeah. But a lot of it, I think the only thing that saved our marriage in some of those earlier years mm -hmm. was communication mm -hmm. and uh, me communicating to her that I, I feel like I have to work like this right now mm -hmm. so that I don't have to work like this forever. Sure. sure. And thankfully she believed in that. Right. And thankfully, at least up until this point, it, yeah. it has worked out like yes. that. 
But there was years where it was like, I was, I was working. Yeah. I mean, like if she, and here, you know, you're, you're the teeter totter analogy visual. If you are, you know, balance, Mm -hmm. you know, that work life balance is, you know, it's, and I think one of your, uh, your, uh, previous guest talked about the, that work life balance yeah. and balance is a subjective term. It, it means different things to different people. Right. Um, work hard now, play harder later, you know, and, right. and that, you know, yeah. you, that, that may, may be the, the plan that works for you, you yeah. and your wife and your family and, and everybody's subjective is different and everybody's balance is different. Everybody's hustle is different, you know? Yeah. There it is. The hustle. It's yeah. hard to know when it's hard to know how much of your success and longevity in the business is because of those like years where you were, you know, and you had to, so it's like, you know, God's plan is just so interesting. It's like some of it, you have to go through that to learn it. Yep. It's like, even if I was able to go, you were able to go back and give yourself that advice. You'd be like, ah, yeah. Like that's a loser yeah. mentality. No, yeah. Like uh-huh. I'm work. I gotta go. Right. Yeah. yeah I, gotta kids, I gotta go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's, it, it's just, it's, the older I, my faith has grown so much stronger as I get older. Mm-hmm. And so much of it is because I've been able to see the reason for so much of the stuff that I've gone through before. Yeah. Some of those things that made me ask yeah. why Yeah. now that I've lived a little bit more, I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I see why now. Yeah. yeah. And it makes it easier when I'm asking why about mm-hmm. something happening mm-hmm. now, yeah. it makes it easier for me to have that faith of, well, because of yeah. something I don't it's understand. Perspective. <laughs> yeah. When you start down here and it's just faith, and you don't have any proof. Mm-hmm. You know, the longer you live, the more we have proof. Yeah. And they call that perspective. Yeah. Man, this was so so good. I've it's been a real pleasure to get to talk to you and get to know you. Um, and well, like you. I told you before, you 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 do this really well, and you you make it really easy, and <laughs> and uh, keep up the good work. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, well, I'll undoubtedly be talking to you more in the future. I've got some things I need to talk to you about, uh, real estate wise, some people that I think I need to give them your number. Sure. Um, always happy to big part of what we're trying to do is just promote small business in general and especially local businesses. If we can spread the word, help people out. Um, we, we want to do that. So thank you again so much for coming. This was great. Thank you all for listening and for watching. If you're on Spotify, go check out the video on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, you can listen to us on Spotify, go reach out to Robbie Cole at benchmark home loans, benchmark home loans. Um, and he'll get you set up. Real estate's still moving, even with intro tie, stuff's still moving, the wheel keeps turning, as you said, so go check him out, and we look forward to seeing you next time at Hustle On Purpose.